Welcome to Founders Focus, a podcast made for founders by founders. I'm Scott Case, CEO and co-founder of Upside, and I created Founders Focus to help share free resources and actionable advice. Together, we're building a community for business leaders, entrepreneurs, and founders to come together to tackle today's challenges. This podcast is powered by my awesome team at Upside. Please visit foundersfocus.com to join the live video sessions or to catch up on past topics. Our co-host for today, Susan Kerr, she's the CEO of Advancing Inspirations. Uh, and Susan uh, met with us, I think in April, four or five months ago at the very beginning of the pandemic when we felt like we were going to need a lot of uh, a lot of support. But hey, this was only going to last a few months. How bad could it be? And here we are thinking, hmm, it's going to be this way for a while, like maybe a year. Um, so uh, we thought we could all use a little bit more inspiration today. And uh, given that the name of Susan's company is Advancing Inspiration. We thought that was a, as good an indication of awesomeness as any. Uh, so with that, I'm going to ask Susan to introduce herself and, uh, and then we'll wait in. Awesome, Scott, thank you so much. I love being here and I love saying good morning or good afternoon to all of you as you started coming on. I can see all your beautiful faces. It means a lot to me that most of you have your camera on because I really do look at you. And, um, and it, it just, it, it fills my heart and have the chance to spend some time with you and to spend some time with Scott. Um, I, I've started a couple of companies, kind of simple guys. Um, one was called Kerr Word Products, which was named after my dad's company, which was called Kerr Wood Products. And he made kitchens and, and he renovated houses when we were kids. We were all involved in the work. He also made decoupage boards. And although it was beautiful that we were involved in the work, it was challenging as a kid to be in a home where money was a little tight. So I was never, ever, ever gonna be an entrepreneur. Um, I started advancing inspiration about 2006. And I'd spent a lot of time in corporate America as a consultant and as a national speaker. And I had my little MBA degree and I thought, okay, I'm just gonna give it a whirl. And advancing is supposed to mean you have all the gifts inside of you that you already need. And it's my job to help you move that forward. And inspiration is about something bigger than us, right? And we're gonna talk about inspiration today. So that's why I named my company that. I started in 2006. I was not making a lot of money for many, many years. It was really, really hard. I worked every weekend um, for many years. Maybe I take a weekend or two off, but I just tried to hustle to get to a place where people would be attracted to my business. I never wanted to sell anybody anything. And now to get to the actual answer to Scott's question. <laughs> the business is executive coaching, and I also do strategy and leadership retreats. And um, every once in a while, we'll do some assessments and that type of thing. But the majority of my work is spent every day dedicated to an executive or a leader in an organization. And a lot of my work is one-on-one. -on -one. I do some of this, um, which I'm grateful and glad to do, but I love just like, I can see your face. Hi, I'm just looking right at you. I love that one-on-one, -on -one, right? And Diane, I can see, I can see all your faces, right? I love the one-on-one. -on -one. I love the intimacy of the one-on-one. -on -one, and I love um, being present to another person's journey so that they can hear their own voice because I'm a big believer in Dorothy and the Wizard of Oz. Like you have the red shoes, you will have the red shoes, you have the answers inside of you. When we go to our inner wise self, I have these little cards. When we go to our inner wise self and take a moment when we just get quiet, instead of going, going, going all the time and just go, okay, universe, what do I need to do here? Right? And sometimes that's 
firing someone, sometimes that's hiring someone, sometimes that's taking a nap, um, going for a walk, pressing pause. So yeah, that's my answer, Scott. Did I answer it? <laughs> and then some. So what you, uh, I guess, what got you into coaching in the first place? Like why that vocation versus any other? Never wanted to be a coach. People told me I should be a coach. You should be a coach. You should be a coach. I didn't want to do it. Um, my ego was way too big for coaching. I didn't respect the profession. I wanted to be like the queen of the universe. I didn't, I thought coach was, it sounded too much like waitressing and that I'm, my ego didn't like it. Um, but my entire business philosophy, when I started advancing inspiration, it was to be willing to go to any lengths for my financial health. That was my business plan. To be willing to go to any lengths for my financial health. Translation, I don't want to ever work for the man or the woman again. So that was my goal. And when I started, the other part of the business plan was to be open, willing, and teachable. Open, willing, and teachable. So I needed to listen to the invitations. I came to learn over the years, people were inviting me to parties, to events, to their client meeting. I wasn't hearing them. And so the chief strategic officer of SHRM, the Society for Human Resource Management, I was doing some leadership work with him, some retreats. He said, Susan, will you coach me? And I was like, oh God. And I called an NFL football coach who I love and adore. And I said, Larry, Steve asked me to coach him. And he said, wonderful. And I said, oh my God. And I ended up starting with Steve. I ended up coaching 13 people at SHRM, including the interim CEO who became the CEO. 11 of the 13 got promoted within nine months. And then I kept listening to where, you know, my footwork and the universal work and the outcomes were taking me. And before I knew it, 90, 95% of my business was executive coaching. And I realized then too, that I'd been doing that my whole life, right? My dad was my first client and then my mom was my second client or vice versa. And then I have 20 nieces and nephews. So obviously there's a little bit more to it than that, but um, I love it. And so I said yes to the invitation. So in January, like the rest of us, you had some kind of plan, goal, hopes, dreams for the coming months, years, decades. What were those and how were, how were things going? And then how did it change when uh, we all got to experience the wonders of the pandemic? The party. You know, Scott, last year was the biggest year of my career professionally and um, as it relates to a financial number that I'd wanted to attain my whole life. Um, and I worked, I was blessed and fortunate to have that goal achieved. Um, and it kind of, as I was you know, coming into December, I gave myself permission to never do that again. <laughs> you know, it was great to, to hit that number and, and have that goal, but I really wanted to go um, quieter into 2020, not this quiet. Um, so when I came into this, this year, um, I do feel like my finances are probably at about half of what they were last year. Um, but I'm a big believer of taking it one day at a time. I also have other interests. I have homes I've invested in. I'm a painter. I'm a poet. I'm a writer. Um, I'm a big believer that I will be led the same way I was led into this business. So, um, the good news is I am very, our business is abundant working with a lot of great clients. Um, when it hit, I reached out to people. It kind of brought me back to feeling like I was in high school. And for me, that was a long time ago. <laughs> for some of you, it wasn't that long ago. But for me, high school was 1982, 3, 4, 5, somewhere around there. And it brought me back to like 
the core of loving people. So I reached out to people that might not have had as much money or might've been struggling because I didn't, I just wanted to make sure people were okay. It really helped me flex that muscle of care, which is really what my business is supposed to be about. So business is really, really good. Um, I'm not charging as much as I once did. And I'm taking on clients at the price point that makes sense to them, um, which I'm sure I'm not supposed to say that out loud, but I just did. And now it's recorded <laughs> because I want to be of service. And, 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 and it doesn't matter. I mean, I'm really, I've been very fortunate. And, you know, for the first five, six, seven years of working at Advancing Inspiration, I made under $50,000 a year, right? And um, wasn't sure if it was going to work. And then even in 2013, I had a pivot year where I could have gone out of business for sure. started making my salary in September or October. Um, it was a rough year, but you know, things have been really good. And the people that I serve are amazing. And I'm fortunate to have a lot of long-term relationships with clients. Um, and, and I've been able to get new clients in part because of my long-term relationships and, and the endorsement, the quiet, gentle, sweet, um, really beautiful endorsement of me um, without even me knowing it, but I kind of know it because I think one of the people that's been endorsing me is on this call. Name Scott. Um, so, yeah. so that had had me do on that one. That's good. So let's let's wait in a little bit. Kind of, I think there's there's sort of three groups I want to I want to go after. And and uh, but before we do that, I think you had a question you were going to prompt the group to answer in the chat. So let me let you ask that, and then we'll uh, we'll kind of bucket things. Yeah, and and I see some of you looking at me smiling and kind of grooving with my vibe, and that's awesome. I dig it big time. And I see some of you looking at me like, hmm, where are we going with this? So feel free, put in the chat if you have questions or if you want uh, to, me to go in a different direction. I know sometimes I'm really yippee-yay, happy-dappy girl, and that can be off-putting. Um, so we can get down into details and we can go wherever you want to in this conversation. So please let me know. Um, the question I had, because I think inspiration is a muscle. I think um, I spend one or two or three hours each day filling up my spirit and my soul. And I can wake up grumpy and sad and, and, and not suicidal, but in what I call the suicide death spiral, like everything's awful. We're in a pandemic, it's Groundhog Day. What's going on? When am I gonna see my parents? You know, I'm never going to Italy again, you know, all that. Um, but I really believe that on a daily basis, inspiration is a decision. And um, it's a decision I wanna make. And it's an investment in my heart and soul. So. I go on walks, I work out, I have a trainer, I do Pilates twice a week. Um, I do physical therapy because feeling good in my body is super important to me. Um, I have a group of 10 or 15 or 20 best girlfriends all over the country and in Europe. Um, I have spiritual friends. For me, spirituality is key to um, trying to be the best version of myself I can be. And I don't wanna offend anyone. So if I do, just tell me I'm offending you and I can change that subject too. Um, or take what you like and leave the rest. And um, you know, there's different practices. I journal, so I write, I empty the trash can in my brain and I try and bring myself as um, open to the day. So what I wanna know from all of you is what has inspired you today or what inspires you on a regular basis. I brought my picture of my grandma she was the one that wanted me to go to college and believed in my brain and saw me, right? She unconditionally loved me. But what has inspired you during this time period? Um, what is inspiring you? I was inspired today in DC when I was talking to a guy about a parking space. I was like, oh, you're the second person that pulled in front of me. You can have it, but you're in the crosswalk. 
He's like, yeah, I am. I'm like, do you want to keep it or do you want me to have it? He's like, you can have it. I'm like, are you sure? <laughs> so I was inspired today. Like we had this lovely little visit and that's not common, right? Like that's, that's usually when you're like, ah, you know, and we just had this beautiful connection. And I, so connection for me is really inspirational and seeing leaders like Scott, I mean, you all know the travel industry has gone through a little bit of a change, uh, a little bit of a challenge. And to see a guy like Scott, and he didn't set me up for this and he didn't even know I was going to say it, but to see a guy like Scott do all this extra work to bring founders together, he doesn't have to do that. He's supposed to be running a travel business and like 55 other things and his family, I mean, I'm running his family, but you know what I mean? Like, but this is a beautiful thing that leaders are doing who are genuinely, I think, coming from their passions. So what inspires you or what might you need from this call today to be more inspired? So, all right. Maybe Julie or um, is Leslie still here? Maybe you guys could read off the list or... Yeah, we're, I'm keeping an eye on it. We'll let it, we'll let it play out and then I'll come back to it. So, so we have a bunch of, of, of different people at different stages of their businesses. I want to start with a group that I think of as the, the solopreneurs, the folks that are starting the company and they are the company and you know, they're maybe not, they don't have a team that they're operating with. What are some of the things that from a supporting yourself standpoint are uh, are either you know specific practices or ideas or constructs that people can use to say all right i'm i'm in this and we're going to be in this for the long haul yeah i mean get support like wherever you can what i find with entrepreneurs um you know for me i just worked and worked and worked and then i worked some more but find support whether it's friendships you know, your friends can be your coaches. You don't need to hire somebody to be your coach and train your friends. Like you can literally say, or, or your, your family members, I am going to share this. I need you not to criticize me. I need no feedback. I just need you to listen, please. Is that cool? You know and I mean? Say it nicer than I just said it, but you can train people and just say, Hey, I just need to, I need to process this out loud. I'm going to need to talk for 30 minutes. The only thing I want you to do is listen to me now. And then on Friday, can we circle back? because that's when I'll be able to tell you whether I did X, Y, or Z. So get support, go to your doctor's appointments if you feel comfortable, take care of yourself physically, exercise if that's something you love to do. Um, I try every day I wake up and I say, okay, go outside and say hello to God. And like, I don't wanna go outside. I just wanna sit inside and be all cozy with my coffee and not go outside. But I literally force myself to look up, to go outside, see nature, see a tree, see the water, see a little squirrel or birdie or something. So I get out of my head a little bit because this is a dangerous place. <laughs> and if I'm down, which I can get down in 15 minutes, I can get down like three hours from now, I can get down three hours, you know, I can reach out to a girlfriend or a guy friend and I have a circle of people. So have that support group that says, you know, that you can share with and say, I'm down and here's what I can be grateful for. Gratitude lists are awesome. Um, raising your vibration to look at the positive. Um, what else do I do, Scott? What's important for, I have a whole team of people. I have a village of people that support me. I have a spiritual advisor. I have a therapist. I have a weekly business coach, half an hour every week. I have a world famous author woman who's a creativity guru person who I'm talking to tonight that I've invested a lot of money in, which is an interesting thing for me to do. Um, yeah, and then just, I think your schedule is key. If you look at your schedule and you're about ready to like 
you know, get sick looking at it, start doing what Scott taught me how to do. You can have a 15 minute meeting with someone and it can be highly productive. And it's really true. I had no idea. Half an hour meetings are fine. Not everybody needs to stay on the clock or the phone for the whole hour. If you're done with the meeting, get off of it. Um, uh, find ways that make sense to you. If you can socially connect with people, I've had people in my backyard. I'm not a big person on anyone in my house, but I, I'm grateful to have a backyard. I have a park out front that I can stay the 10 feet away and have the mask and say hi. Um, that's been my neighborhood. It's been important to me. Um, I think when you are feeling loved and listened to and validated and cared about by yourself and others, you're taller. You know what I mean? Your energy's higher. And so that comes across with every interaction. And if I don't have that energy level before I leave the house, I'm going to get it by the time I get to the doctor's office, right? So I had that little lovely visit with my guy. And then I had said hi to the gentle people on the street. And um, I was in DC, just enjoying Washington, DC. And I took my blood. So anyhow, did that help? Yeah, look, I think that's, I think it's important. I'll add one other thing that I, that is, sounds, could be counterintuitive, but um, I find being in service to other people to be very useful and connective for me. So I often joke about the fact that, you know, some other entrepreneurs' problems are much easier for me to get my head wrapped around than my own. And I always learn something through the experience. So that kind of peer coaching where um, even if, if there's, you know, if in one side or the other, there's some mentoring or coaching going on, but just the opportunity to speak to someone else about the challenges that they are facing and um, can help you think through your own challenges, even if they're completely different businesses, uh, there's a check there. Um, and it, it opens up, I don't know what it does to your brain physiologically, but it definitely challenges the creative solutions part of it, because sometimes you can get bogged down in your own shit show and sort of lose sight of the opportunity to be creative. Totally agree. Totally agree. And the other thing is my surroundings are really important. So, you know, I'm looking at my grandma. I've got a, a, a piece that I got in Venice, Italy. There's a painting that I did behind me. I have flowers I picked from my garden. You know, I have other paintings. I have my grandmother's high school diploma on the wall from like 1918 or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, I literally need artifacts around me that say, you are loved, right? And that are inspirational pieces. Um, and I have this thing I want to read. Can I read this now, Scott? Is this a good time? My little reading? You're the co-host. You get to co-host your way to, to the end. Whatever you want, do it. Are we running out of time, though? I can hold nope. this if we don't have time. Okay. Got time. I'll read, I'm, gonna, I'm reading from a book called Callings. And basically, it's all about, you know, your career callings, your life callings, all that good stuff. Okay. Maurice Sendak, author of Where the Wild Things Are, once recounted he sent to a young reader a card with a picture of a wild thing on it. The boy's mother wrote back that her son loved the card so much that he ate it. He saw it, he loved it, and he ate it. Passion is a state of love and hunger. It is also a state of enthusiasm, which means to be possessed by a god or a goddess, by a wild thing. One could be possessed by the god of poetry or the goddess of animals, the god of commerce or the goddess of home and hearth. If we imagine the calls issue from the gods, then we are as close as we ever get to them. The calls and the gods when we are enthusiastic, 
We move toward a kind of divine presence because through our passions, we are utterly present. We are utterly charged and focused. We are oblivious. We forget ourselves, our troubles, our day-to-day -day living on Mulberry Street lives. We hitch ourselves to something bigger. And I think that's what Scott's talking about too. When we get lost in the work and lost in the service, there's, we forget that like, oh gosh, you know, our little worries that can sometimes drowned out the sun, right? Eclipse the sun. So anyhow, this is a, just a little fun book I've had for a while that you might enjoy. Um, I'll stop there and maybe we can go to the chat and see what, or maybe we can unmute everybody or what you do. You're in charge. You tell me what we're doing. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I have one that's a, that's a, let me start with one that's a challenge. So it's a cultural one. Um, so Claudia has written about her uh, being a solo, solo entrepreneur, being um, uh, uh, an American, an immigrant, and finding that creating connective tissues with Americans, the relationships feel shallow. So what strategies might she employ to create more deeper, meaningful relationships? Hi, Claudia, thank you for your question. Um, I find getting with a person and listening to them and asking them how they really are um, is really helpful. I find my getting earnest and open and honest about who that individual is and feel free to do follow-up if I'm not if I'm not nailing it for you. I have found in this pandemic period of time that it's it's been easier for me to get in with people and just hold the space, hold the sacred space. If people start going off in other directions that seem kind of um, light, sometimes they're scared, right? They're they're running. Um, and I can invite them to come back to whatever the topic at hand is. And I can literally ask a pointed question. You know, I'd really love to hear how you're really doing. And sometimes I jokingly say, this is your, this is the Aunt Susie look, you know what I mean? Um, but I think people, I think they'll want to open up. Of course, there's the law of reciprocity. Like sometimes you telling a little story and then you've got to be careful with that depending on your level in the organization, you know, how, how vulnerable you want to be. But I've come to learn that um, most people are not listened to very much at all. Um, and if I offer that up as a gift to them, they tend to want to tell me a lot. Did that help? Yeah, cool. And I'm glad to talk to you about any of this after too. So a couple, another theme that emerged here was being inspired by those who kind of struggled their way before us, right? Mm -hmm. The, the, looking backwards to those who have who accomplished or went through difficult times and and you know sort of standing on the shoulders of giants kind of a a, a theory there How, is there a way to more formally sort of tap into that as a as a resource as a tool as as a guide for inspiration why not you know i use anything i can as inspiration whether it's a movie or a song or you know, this time it feels like a lot of people are reconnecting with people they've lost touch with. You know, I called my, what he called, he called himself my tormentor. Um, I think I mentioned this in the last session where he said, I had a, a bachelor degree and he said, I get piles of resume and I put piles, you know, into two different piles. He was trying to encourage me to get my MBA because at that time it was an important piece for me. It's not an important piece for everybody because I throw the bachelors away and then I start looking at the MBAs. Well, I reconnected with him and there's no reason in the world why we can't reconnect with those people or those giants or really write down their values. Like Maya Angelou is one of those people that I really love and admire. Um, I love the way she loves people despite, she has this way of saying we're all the same. 
um, and I'm paraphrasing horribly there, but there's no reason in the world why we can't connect in with those people whose shoulders we're standing on and honor them, think about their values, write them a letter, reconnect with them. If they've gone away, tell this, you know, if they've passed away, tell the story of who they were in your life and what it meant to you. You know, own your role as an elder. I mean, I'm an elder in my family, right? Own my role, take the moment to share the story um, with whatever family member may want to, to listen to it. Um, uh, yeah, so that's, that's something that, you know, I was, I just did this thing with my mom the other day. She's 87. She has um, Uncle Don, Uncle Bill, Uncle Bob, Aunt Betty, uh, siblings. They're all in their 80s. And I was able to um, connect them all on our little iPhone. There's a little conference button, you know, add the call. Okay, you would have thought I was a genius. And um, she was out of her mind happy. And we started talking about my grandfather and what an inspiration he has been. And so we all connected in on that phone call, which none of them had ever had before something like that, which we have every day, right? And we started talking about the inspiration of my grandfather. So there's all sorts of ways we can give ourselves the gift. And I would also invite you to consider that sometimes you just need to text somebody. Like I sometimes I'll text Scott, like a little cute text or whatever. I'll say blah, blah, blah. And then he hits me back and then I'm like, I'll fire Right. Or I'll do that with a girlfriend or I'll do that with another client. And like, it sometimes it just takes like making the right choice. Like we, in my spiritual group, we say, go where it's warm, right? Go where there's support, go where there's joy, go where there's laughter, go, there, go where there's faith in you. Right having someone believe in you is like, it's like, hold on to that and keep going back to that, that world. Right. So. I think to, 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 to pick up on, you said a few things there that are really powerful. One is kind of the elders in your family, right? Connecting with them, listening to them, listening to the stories behind them, If you have, if you have access to those folks. Um, the other is biographies. I find reading about other people's journeys to be incredibly both inspiring and instructive. Like how did they make those decisions and why did they do that um, is a really powerful tool in that look backwards to kind of figure out how to look forward. Um, and then your, uh, your, your point about just texting somebody from, from your past, you know, or reaching out to someone that, that um, there's something about creating those little, even if they're just small connections um, can be, can unlock or unblock you in certain ways. Um, when you're in that moment, you've selected a book from your bookshelf. You're going to have, people are going to have a whole library by the time they're done. Oh, I know about, I know that story. I, I know this amazing leader that picked this book and had his leadership team read it. And this was about four years ago. And he was talking about resilience. Um, Scott, did you want to share with the group why you picked this book for your leadership team? Is that too much that I just overshare? <laughs> it's not possible with me. So, um, I, I wish you luck. Uh, so the, there's two things in that in that book. The book is about um, the 1938, I think it's a 36 or 38 um, men's crew team, U.S. crew team. They were based in Seattle, mostly like farm kids um, who found their way to Germany pre pre World War II Germany in um, uh, to compete. Uh, and uh, Hitler was there, and and in the but the storyline is really about how these young men connected with each other. And when Susan asked me what I did I want for my leadership team, there's a concept in rowing called um, called swing, and it's basically where the boat gets to a place where you just 
you just like glide over the water and it requires everybody, all eight people in the boat, including the, the coxswain who's directing everyone to be in sync and be in rhythm. And so I, I think that from a leadership standpoint, being in that place where you're in that swing is incredibly powerful, but to get there, you've got to overcome a lot of stuff. They had people who had to leave the boat, they had injuries, they had all kinds of stuff that went on and they had to travel at that time, a very long distance from the West coast of the United States to, to Germany is not an easy trip back in the 1930s. Um, so it was what I, it was inspiration for how I would think about what would be a high performing team where we're all kind of pulling together on the oars and, and, and in that swing. And it's not even so much about winning or being the fastest. It's about being in that sink, um, which is really powerful if you can get to that place. Um, so thank you for reminding me of that book. Um, I want to shift gears a little bit to, um, to that leadership piece that the, the team, some of the folks here have a, have a team and are, um, trying to kind of keep everybody inspired and, and, and bring the energy. And there's something about like, everybody's kind of looking at you as a leader. And so what are the ways, especially in an environment where we're dealing with this, two-dimensional piece of glass between us and the rest of the world, what are strategies that leaders can use to kind of bring that energy through this medium? I would say, I mean, if you haven't watched Amy Cuddy and her thing on power poses where she talks about lifting up your arms and getting big, do you guys know Amy Cuddy? Maybe we'll send that out to you. She's amazing, but I would, I mean, most everybody says we can't get close to everybody because we're on Zoom. But like you can actually, like see how close I am now? I mean, it's a little bit too close, but like, I can't see you. But you know what I mean? Like, I know it's not what we want, but like, hi, Tom Veers, you look at your sweet smile, right? And like, I see you, right? Like, and, and, and I see you, David, right? Like I see you and, and I would invite you to, maybe force is the wrong word, but to get in the screen, right? Instead of being over here or being down here or being over here or, you know, being on your phone when you're like, there is a way to be intimate. Right. And we all get distracted and we're all doing other stuff at times. But if you want to be intimate with someone, I think, um, you know what I mean? Intellectually, all the right appropriate intimate stuff. I think you can. Um, and I write handwritten notes. I don't always get them out to the right people, but I try to. And I, if I write you a handwritten note, now what I do is I take, I don't know always, but I'll take a picture of it and then I'll send it to you so you get the picture of the note before you get the note and then you get the note. <laughs> and my note might have three sentences on it, but I love handwritten notes. And that's another way. Um, I've been told that that's not scalable. Um, send candles, maybe. There's ways I think, sometimes it's just one sentence. Like when you really honor where that person is. And I know we've done a lot of happy dappy on this call, but like, I'm a big crier and I'm a big believer that growth is grief. Like we have, to, when we're, and we're all growing. So there are moments and days and hours where I am like sad and ouch, it hurts, right? But then it's like yippee yay yay like, and that's why I'm so happy high for today because yesterday was a little bit of a growth grief day, right? Or portion of it. Right. And then you're like, oh, okay, here we go. Um, so, cause then you get that clarity, right? I'm like, okay, did my best. Didn't quite go the way I thought. Moving on. Um, so I think, did I answer? No, I went off on all sorts of tangents, Scott. How'd that go? <laughs> what was the question? I don't even know. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, oh, now I remember. I think you can get intimate with people and I think you can say that. So my niece just moved here. 
two kids, a husband at the Pentagon. I went, I sent them a pool because I know how to buy stuff. I went over and dropped them pizza for the first time, wore my mask. I'm an elder. I have underlying health conditions. They weren't wearing masks. No problem. Dropped the pizza. Didn't hear from them. Didn't hear from them. And then I clearly articulated what I needed. I said, Christy, I would love to get close to you and the girls and Chad while you're here. Would you be open to coming for pizza at my house? We can eat in the backyard or at the park. I would love it if you would wear some masks. Guess what? Tomorrow night we're having pizza with masks. I'm gonna get some paper plates. I'm gonna order the pizza that they like. So I can ask for what I need instead of just assume, oh, I'm not gonna get close to them. I haven't heard from her. Bougie, bougie, bougie. Guess what? They're coming over. So I think telling people that you care that you want to get closer, you want to work with them on this part of their leadership, you want to work with them on this part of their communication, you want to work with them on this part of their job, ask them what they're willing to do, where are they in it, what they're, you know, become to them curiosity versus criticism, um, and then decide if, you, if they're the right person or not, you know, and move one by one. There we go. Good save. Cool. All right, I want to go the other direction a little bit. So things are, and you, you referenced it a little bit with your mask comment, things are sort of opening up people are in different states of accepting really what comes down to risk. How much risk are you willing to take? How much risk are you willing to, how much risk are you bringing to the party, to, so to speak? And you know, one of the comments in the, in the chat was from Andre who was saying, now I got a lot done when I was working from home. I was really productive. I got to learn a new instrument. I, 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 I enjoyed that space. And now I'll, I'll summarize sort of the obligations are coming back how do you, you know, how do you sort of balance the benefits to these the new, the the new reality as as people are balancing? All right, well, I'm going to go even the schools, right? I'm going to go back two days a week, or I'm going to go to the office once in a while, or I'm going to get back on traveling again. How do you sort of, I guess, manage and set expectations? Great. I mean, it's, it's a, thank you, Andre. That's a great question. I think, I mean, Scott, we, you mentioned it um, in the script that we had, you know, boundaries, right? And I, I'm a single girl with two cats, right? So I don't have all the things that parents have with the kids and the school and the online and the spouse and all that jazz. But I think what the pan, the gift of the pandemic, and of course, I don't wish it for any of us, and um, the gift of this time period, which is more than the pandemic, as we know, um has been to really get very crystal clear with what i want and what i need and i think often in the united states of america which is not where all of us are but in my experience of our manifest destiny culture more seems to be more and a lot of times people want more and that's why for me this year you know being at about half um revenue wise um is fine and good and, um, and I'm grateful for it. And I'm grateful that I can say half is fine and good. Um, so I think really getting clear, and especially with your schedule, on what is good for you. And, and I'm doing a lot of Pilates work right now. So I'm working on my core. We all know what our core is. Um, I think the core of you, the essence of you, the reduction sauce of you, like what is in your best interest for you to be thriving as a human being on the planet? not a worker person, because that's in there, but as a human being, as a, as a spouse or a partner, as an aunt or an uncle, as a son or a daughter, as a neighbor, as just a friend to yourself. I know for many years, I just would do more, work more, do more, say yes, 
no is a complete sentence. No, thank you is a little bit nicer. And for me, like I'm not traveling. I'm sorry, Scott. I love it. I will travel at some point. But like, I love not traveling. I'm not wearing high heels. I love it, girls. Can we say amen? Right? Like, I love it. Um, I have a lot more time, but I think noticing what worked for you when you were in this spot and now that it's gone to this spot and things are reopening, maybe bring yourself back to like some sort of hybrid that might not make sense to anybody else but you. And I think that's what one of my mentors has told me for the last 20 years. Your life did not need to make any sense to anybody but you. And of course, everyone in your house, me and my cats, my cats and I. <laughs> so you and your family, right? Whoever you're the unity of your family, right? And your in your belief system. So. All right. In the in the in the ninety seconds we have left, what's the one takeaway? What's the one thing that this group should try to build into their lives, or think about, or act on um, to take care of themselves? Take excellent care of you. You are the common denominator in every relationship you're in. You are the one person that you will have. The relationship with until the day that you decide or you have picked off this sweet little planet we are here for five minutes we're i mean we're i think most of us are pretty darn healthy on this call go for it swing for the fences but hold on to your beautiful sweetheart and take care of you and call me if you have any questions or call scott he's not doing anything um <laughs> i'm just kidding i'm open to everybody calling me if you want to have a chin chat after this i mean not right after this but within the next weeks glad to um, be of service. And I'm just so grateful for all of you. Gratitude, humility, and service solve every problem I have. Gratitude, humility, and service. So thank you. Awesome. Thank you very much for coming back. And uh... thanks for tuning in to this episode of Founders Focus. What did you think? You got any feedback for us? Got a topic that you'd like us to discuss? Or maybe a future co-host? We'd love to hear from you. Just hit me up on LinkedIn at T. Scott Case. And uh, join us at foundersfocus.com to stay up to date with the latest episodes and join us live every week at our Founders Focus sessions. Hope to see you there.